This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. And now a word from our sponsor. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here for you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that you may not be available in your area. You just fill out the questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you can get matched with the therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule a video or phone session, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp.com slash Everyday Celebrity. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everyday Celebrity. It's waiting for you. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area, and today we have the most special guest that I've ever interviewed. We are in Las Vegas. I've traveled to Las Vegas to interview this woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex Cole, what, what, I get, a, I got to give a proper introduction. She is. I believe one of the top <laughs> adult stars in the industry. Um, she's a model. She's a very beautiful woman. Uh, so yeah, let's. We're gonna talk about her life, how she got into this industry. So Alex Cole, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So before we get into, I know you've been on a bunch of podcasts, <laughs> and everyone gives you like the generic oh. generic questions and shit oh how did you get into this and that but i'm more focused on your upbringing and how you became the woman that you are yeah no problem so where are you originally from i'm from las vegas actually so not a whole lot of us are born and raised here but yeah one of the proud the few (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah how was it growing up in Las Vegas? Because I, I mean, I, I think if I was growing up in Las Vegas, because you know, like the casinos, like the s- strip clubs, and yeah. all that shit, like you, you would grow up fast. You don't see that a lot of the time. I think growing up in Las Vegas did a few things for me. I think it, 
Las Vegas is like a melting pot inside a melting pot. You got all kinds of people here all the time. You you walk through the casinos, you can hear five different languages in yeah. five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it made me very like, I like a I like variety. I like a lot of different ideas and stuff around me, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty open minded. Um, Las Vegas is also a customer service city. Mm-hmm. Everybody here works in customer service in one way or another. So yeah. everybody respects customer service workers. So I feel like. I grew up with a very strong sense of like treating people right, no matter what their job is and like accepting people's lifestyles. So I think, I think growing up in Las Vegas did a lot of that for me. It made me kind of a city hippie. Is that something that like you said, a customer service, is that something that you, you know how, when you, when kids like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a doctor. (laughs) When you grow up in Las Vegas, is that, Oh, I want to work in this fucking casino. I wanted to do the normal stuff. Like, uh, there were a few things I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to be an artist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in the Marines for a while because I have a military family, okay. and um, I scored high on the ASFAB. So there were recruiters after me for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would have done great out there. I I don't know. Maybe maybe the structure would have been good for me. <laughs> well, the Marines, a bunch of crazy motherfuckers in the Marines. Yeah, I know for sure. But I got an eighty-two, so they were like. You should have went to the Air Force. That's yeah, what right? Well, my brother went into the Coast Guard, and he's pretty fucking happy living with his wife in Hawaii, so maybe oh, I should have yeah. done that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 let's stay on that. Why didn't you go into the... Uh, my happened? mom. My mom needed me at home at the time. And, she got you know, sick or something? No. It, my parents got divorced uh, when I was like 14, which was awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, I, my dad's a piece of shit, so I wanted to throw a fucking party. Well, we had that uh, in common. Yeah. yeah, right? I think a lot of us have that in common, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, so my mom was like, you can't go off to the military and leave me. Like, what if something happens to you? And so, you know, then I wanted to be a firefighter and it was the same thing. Then I wanted to be in the police force and it was the same thing. Mm. And then I found out how cops are. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But so, so that was, that was very short lived. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to teach. I wanted to work in criminal psychology. There was a lot of stuff I wanted to do, but I ended up doing a lot of customer service jobs and mm-hmm. working with people and, and figuring out how to talk to people and uh, get people what they want and keep them calm in stressful situations. Things what like year that. did your parents get divorced? I mean, how old were you? 14. 14. Yeah. So, I mean, I asked this question, my parents got divorced and I asked this question uh, many times when people say that their parents got divorced. When my parents got divorced, I was glad because my, yeah. my father was abusive to my mother. Yeah. So I was happy that my mom left. Um, but it, if divorce affects children in different ways, so yeah. how did it affect you? So my dad was uh, really abusive to me mm-hmm. and my mom. So, but she didn't know that he was abusive to me. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel that goes in depth. Um, what type of physical abuse? Everything. Mm. You, and you name it. Uh, broke my arm one time, all kinds of stuff. Damn. And uh, yeah. And uh, so I was 14 and he moved out and I was just, I hadn't felt that safe in my house mm. ever. But then at the same time, I was really worried that he was going to like break in and kill us. And so, so I stopped sleeping in my bedroom. I started sleeping in the living room on the couch right in front of the door. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I think it made me very like... You said your mom didn't know about this? Well, she didn't. She's very... She's a really sweet lady, but she's got her own problems. So yeah. she was dealing with enough stuff. And in her mind, she was dealing with enough stuff that we wouldn't have to deal with any stuff. Mm-hmm. So no, she didn't really... She didn't really get 
that there was anything going on with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, no, there's a whole deep dive on YouTube. So, but yeah, suffice it to say, divorce was one of the, the highlights mm-hmm. of my childhood. <laughs> so did your life get better after they oh, got divorced? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm assuming your, your mother got custody of you? She did. You have siblings? Yeah. Uh, I have my one big brother, and we only got like 200 bucks a month for child support. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't ever worked. So she, you know, well, not ever, but not in a really long time. Mm-hmm. So we were living on around 11000 a year for the household. Uh, and that was crazy. But mm. now I do this, and uh, I can send home money anytime I want. And it's the nicest feeling. Parents still alive? Oh, yeah, my mom's still. I haven't talked to my dad in a really long time. Mm. so not since my grandma's funeral like a Mm -hmm. few years back but do you do you have an itch to like fix it fix things (laughs) no 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 i heard he had like a cancer scare or something and i was like oh you were hoping (laughs) because it was (laughs) you were hoping for the cancer to take his body this is karma he had to get a fucking colonoscopy and i was like (laughs) i hope he has to get more (laughs) yeah so, like, no, I, I'm Use very much, bag, I don't huh? get it when people are like, oh, well, but they're your family. No, I don't believe in any of that. I don't, yeah, I don't believe in that either. I don't believe in any blood loyalty. Yeah. Ugh, I so mean, I have friends that, I, well, that yeah, I'm closer yeah, yeah, yeah. to That's with than my own family. Yeah, I, you, you pick your family. Yeah. You know, and just because I happen to have a really shitty dad, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd, I'd treat him just like I'd treat anybody else that did the same shit he did. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to cut him any slack just because <laughs> yeah. we share some DNA. Okay. Yeah. So after you graduated high school, hmm. where did you go? Did you go to college? I did. I got a degree. I don't like to talk about it, though, because everybody knows I grew up in Vegas, and there's only like two colleges here, so that narrows shit down way too much. Mm. <laughs> so we're not, we're not going to say you went to Mm-mm. UNLV? <laughs> well, what did you study? Not you can't say that. It's too easy. Damn. Yeah. No, I'm. I've been doing this for about nine years, and I've kept my privacy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy. People all the time are like, seriously? Yeah. You know. So I'm gonna hold on to that as much as I can. I'm pretty much an open book. But I'm pretty much an open book. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple things. Okay. So when you when you finish college, mm-hmm. well, let me ask this: uh, when you were in high school. Did you, were you like a shy girl? What what, what type of girl were you? So F, I, Were you a jock? Were you a tomboy? What? I was real quiet and I was a goth kid for a while. Because uh, I made friends with kids that were goth kids and I just, I really liked the style. Like, um, like these emo girls that are out right now? Not so much the emo stuff, but like the, the darker stuff and the more violent stuff. Because it mm-hmm. just, it felt comfortable. And for a long time, that's why I wanted to do criminal psychology. Because mm-hmm. I just, I really like listening to true crime and understanding why people do things. Mm-hmm. So it it was just, it was an outlet for that, that darker part of myself. Um, but yeah, I was really quiet and uh, shy. And I kind of made friends with everybody, but not anybody. Like everybody was friendly, but nobody, like I didn't get invited to parties. Mm. And I still don't. And it's still kind of like that. I, I just, I have a personality where people know they can rely on me, but maybe they don't think of me as somebody that they can have fun with, mm. um, which is fine. And uh, let's see. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> You were talking about you don't you you were talking about you're not popular. That's basically yeah. You weren't getting invited to parties. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, I was a virgin until I was 21, too. Mm. So, so there's that. <laughs> okay. Was that by choice or were, yeah. were you, it just didn't happen? It just didn't happen. Like, it just, like, there wasn't anybody I wanted to sleep with. Mm. And then I met somebody um, through, like, a family member and then a, cl- a, cl- a college course. And, mm. like, we started dating when I was 18. We had our first kiss when I was 18. And then, Damn, you had a first kiss at 18? Yeah. That's and crazy. then I had sex with that guy when I was 21. And that was first everything. So we were was together he, for were five you, years. Oh, so you guys were together? Yeah, for five years. So first mm-hmm. kiss, first everything, yeah. Do you still talk to this man? Mm-mm, no. no. I, I would. I totally would. But uh, after five years, uh, we just weren't compatible anymore. And he didn't. he was happy with how things were, but I wasn't. So I mm-hmm. tried to fix things and I was like, like, we can talk this out. And he was like, I don't want to change anything. So I'm not changing anything. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I can't compromise anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he went off to Italy for two weeks on a work trip. And I moved all my shit out of the room for the two weeks. And I was looking for a place and all that stuff. And he, <laughs> he was real surprised. And I was like, well, I told you, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to change. So do you want to change? No? Okay. This is it. When you finished college, did you stay in Vegas or did you like move away? I've always lived here. You always lived there. Yeah. So you never lived anywhere I've else? I've never lived anywhere else. Wow. I've visited other places and there's just nowhere I've visited. The only place I've visited that I've thought I could live here was like uh, Bruges, Belgium. And it's still, it's too cold there. Mm-hmm. But the people there are really nice and I really enjoy like walking up and down the street and being able to talk to everybody. I feel like San Francisco is calling your name. (laughs) You think? (laughs) It's just so, I don't know if I could ever live in California. It's too expensive. I feel like. I kind of want to buy like a, I have, my mom moved to Texas a while back. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because her mom lived there and she passed and she still lives there now and I kind of want to live closer to her. So I was looking at houses out there. You can get a fucking mansion for nothing out there. cheap as fuck out there. Yeah, so I was thinking about that maybe. So what's keeping you in Vegas? Like, why why are you um, haven't left yet? It's home. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like there's just nowhere else that I really want to go right now. Are you the type of person who is scared of like drastic change in life? No, I think I'm pretty malleable, honestly, mm-hmm. and I don't need much. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't. <laughs> my hot water was out for a couple months, and I just didn't even tell any of my friends. I just didn't have hot water for a couple months. <laughs> Like, and one of my girlfriends found out. I was like, "Hey, man, I I just don't want to deal with this shit today. Can yeah. I come over and take a shower?" And she's like, "You've not had hot water for two months. What the fuck have you been doing?" What the fuck were you doing? I Taking he- cold showers? I was heating up water if I wanted a hot shower. Um, <laughs> like I had a like on the stove or something. No, I had a. It was an upstairs downstairs thing, so there wasn't any bathtub downstairs. So, mm. um. I would. I had an electric tea kettle, and I'd dump it in the bathtub with some cold water, and it would even out. And I'd okay. just take a warm bath. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm I'm easy as shit. I've I've lived in conditions where I you know didn't eat for a few days, or you know uh, we didn't know if the lights were going to stay on or mm. or whatever. So you know I can kind of I can live anywhere and do anything now. Okay. <laughs> so when you when you finished college you stayed in uh, in las vegas obviously what were where did that take you were you just like so I did tried you get to, a job in a casino or some shit i tried to get a job <laughs> I, I tried to get a lot of jobs i tried to get a job in my college career path and no one was hiring for mm-hmm. me 
And so I ended up getting a bunch of different little jobs. Like I worked at Subway and I worked at a grocery store and I worked at a gas station, another gas station and a RV, pimp my RV type place where we would tear perfectly good parts out of RVs and put crazy like granite countertops and shit in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I managed a print shop and a, a little sushi restaurant and stuff mm. like that. So just kind of bounced around everywhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What were you, were you passionate about any certain subject or anything? Yeah, I really wanted to to do the thing that I went to college for that I can't talk oh, about. <laughs> but okay. but I kind of gave up on that. Mm. And so I was just trying to survive and trying to support my mom. And, uh, you know, my brother was having some issues around then and needed some help. So mm. I was just trying to work as hard as possible. I had three jobs mm. and I was just never sleeping yeah yeah and my boyfriend at the time the second guy i'd ever dated was like why don't you just do camming and i was like what's that and he showed me live jasmine and i was like that's a pop-up that's a virus Mm. you're gonna destroy our computer we have one computer oh you know what the fuck that is what is live jasmine it's a live cam website it pops up on pornhub a lot that's why i thought it was a virus Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so then I got into live camming. I watched cams for two months and decided I wanted to try it. And wait, 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 wait. Let's not jump. Let's not jump that fast. Yeah. Because, so you're saying your boyfriend at the time told yeah. you to get into this. Yeah. Now, how was the relationship with that boyfriend? Because I can't imagine me telling my girlfriend, yo, you should get into porn or you should, <laughs> you should. You should show your body to other men. Like, well, there's a bunch of different like types of guys out there. This was the kind of guy that like, uh, we was this an open relationship? What was like? Yeah, actually, like most of almost all of my relationships have been open at one point. And how old were you when you during this time? Twenty three. Twenty three. Okay. So I had just gotten out of the relationship with the first boyfriend, Mm -hmm. and so I was looking for more like experiences. And uh, I found this guy through a college club that I was in. And uh, we don't, we only dated for a year. It was not a good relationship. Mm. Like it, it was, it was a learning process and I did learn a lot. Um, but he's the, yeah, he liked seeing me with other people and he liked being with other people and stuff like that. Mm. But like to an extreme extent, like he needed it. So it wasn't healthy. Mm. Uh, but I didn't know that. Did you feel like time. it was like he like force? No, I think uh, we have to take accountability for our choices. And it was always my choice. Like no one ever made me do anything. I think that's kind of silly. Like, I mean, well, that's true. But did you, did you want to do these? Not really, but it still wasn't forced. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Like that's silly. Like, uh, you were doing it. I was doing it because my boyfriend wanted me to do it. You were doing it to please him. In the same way that I would watch football with my boyfriend, if he wanted me to, (laughs) Yeah, I was, it was the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just to a more extreme extent, you know, just like maybe if your girlfriend likes watching, uh, the Real Housewives, you might watch it every now and then, yeah. like just to make her happy. It's like this and is you, for and you, then. and then you might end up liking the Real Housewives. <laughs> you might, yeah, and sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't, and you know whatever. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was a that was a learning process, and okay. uh, he got me into it, and then, you know, cheated on me, so I dumped him, and, and then. Uh, dated another guy that I found in the industry, so we were both working. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> so he, this one. So you guys had an open relationship. How did he cheat? 
Oh, he yeah. fucked his ex-girlfriend who was really mean to me, like mm-hmm. openly mean to me. Like I had a charity function where I was singing and she literally came with her friend and were making fun of me in the front row while I was singing for charity. Like mm. crazy fucking mean girls shit. And okay. we were at a party and he snuck off and fucked her. How did you find out? Uh, my friend walked in on him because they were in her bedroom. Oh, wow. And so she walked in her in her bedroom and saw them and she's like, I'm going to tell. And she ran upstairs and told me, and then I called the the ex's fiance. <laughs> was it a, was it the fact that you didn't like her? Yeah, it was. Or this was is it? A, this is a person that is actively mean to me. You you could. But if it, if, it, if it was another chick, just yeah. another random chick, you wouldn't care because obviously. No, you guys I mean there's rules in open relationships too. Like, mm-hmm. and we had a thing where we had to talk about it first, mm-hmm. just to make sure that there were no issues that either of us didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so. Not talking to me about it first would have been a problem, mm-hmm. but doing it with somebody who is actively disrespectful to me mm-hmm. is disrespectful to me. Yeah. And that's the main thing when I'm in a relationship, I don't want to be disrespected because I'm not going to disrespect my man ever. Mm-hmm. And if like if a man was being mean to my man, there's no way in hell I'd ever have sex with him. Mm-hmm. Like if my boyfriend now, if anybody ever were to say because he's a performer and if another performer were ever to say anything like negative about him i'd just put them on my no list because it's like you don't get to touch me yeah yeah because that's my man Mm -hmm. over there like i'm not gonna what am i supposed no (laughs) (laughs) so so to do that to me is is too disrespectful i can't handle it yeah yeah it's a no it's like i hope it was worth it you never get any of this ever again. Enjoy mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so you said you you ha- you you had your first kiss at twenty one, eighteen, eighteen, and you lost your virginity when twenty one at twenty one. Yeah. So that's well, that's I. That's far, mm-hmm. um, based on like the average fucking teenager or whatever. Usually teenagers are fucking like sixteen or fourteen or fifteen, right? So, and the the job that you have now or the career that you have now, how did you become like so sexual? Well, it was never- If you, if you started, so like, like what was the, what got you into like, where did, where did the, what was the tipping point where you were like, okay, I'm, so, I'm a very sexual woman. I mean, I always was. Mm-hmm. It was just not, I'm, I've always been just very picky. Mm-hmm. But then finding camming where it's all online, where I can express myself sexually in the safety of my room mm-hmm. and make money for it. Like it, that was the doorway. And then through that, I found sex work Twitter. And through sex work Twitter, I found men and women that I was attracted to who wanted the same kinds of sex as me. Yeah. And that was what I'd been waiting for. Like, I always wanted to do this stuff. I just didn't have access to other people who I was attracted to who also wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like going to a, a swingers party and no one there is anybody you'd want to play with. Yeah. That yeah. was I, life. I had that experience. Before. Yeah. I think everybody has. <laughs> and that, and that was life up until this where I was like, Oh, I have access to the people that I'm attracted to now. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> so when you first started camming, explain were you like nervous? Like what was the, what was the setup? Like how did you? So I'd, I'd researched it for a couple months mm-hmm. and built a bit of a Twitter following in 
uh, preparation. And I did it with a girlfriend of mine and her husband was in the other room, like moderating the room. Mm -hmm. So it was the easiest intro to camming ever. And, um, we made like 300 bucks each that night and I was freaking the fuck out because I was working three jobs at the time, two retail jobs and one restaurant job. And I was just like, oh my God, $300? <laughs> and we had fun? Like, I mean, what did you guys do? Oh, like, everything. We did anal and everything. Like insane, insane shows. It was just you and her? Yeah, we had strap-ons and okay. stuff. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, it was it was crazy shows, and they would definitely cost a lot more money now. But back then, it was like holy shit. So we before, rich. so before this first episode of camming, you did you already experience all this sexual freedom? No, not no? really. No, I had met people on AshleyMadison.com to uh, experiment. So I'd met like nine different guys on mm. Ashley Madison, and well, explain what Ashley stands. Madison is. AshleyMadison.com just Guys, Google it. If you don't know what Ashley Madison is, it's uh, it's a well, hookup I don't know what website. It is. It's a hookup website. Oh, okay. It's it's marketed as a cheating website, but all the profiles that I used were singles profiles. Okay. And I met them at their houses to make sure they didn't have any toys or anything mm-hmm. <laughs> laying around. But uh, but yeah, so that was kind of my adventurous. So that first that first episode, oh, you were like three hundred dollars. Boom, I'm hooked now. It was. It wasn't. The money was amazing, and I, it was like mind blowing that I could make that much money in a night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the enjoyment of like talking to the guys because there were over six thousand people in a in the cam room watching, mm-hmm. and we were talking to them and having the best time and laughing, and it, it felt like it felt like it, I was in a giant room full of a bunch of friends that like understood me mm-hmm. and who thought I was pretty, which was kind of a crazy feeling because I was not like popular cool girl or pretty girl or whatever mm-hmm. um so it was like i'm being cheered on by all these men and this like male validation which back then was extremely important to me yeah so <laughs> a lot of people like hear that and then mm-hmm. they're like and then they will hear you like your situation with your father and your mm-hmm. family uh-huh. and then they'll say that you have daddy issues Definitely. and all this shit so do you think that um your sex work is is basically the equivalent of what you went through with your dad? No, not at all the equivalent. I think there's definitely links where uh, it helped me get a lot of shit out of my system. Mm. But I think I am who I am today in spite of my dad, less than like because of him. Because if I had gone with what like he wanted me to be, I wouldn't be anywhere near the kind of person I am today. Mm. You know, so. I don't think that it's anywhere near the same thing because this is complete. That was not consensual and this is completely consensual. Mm. It's very different. I'm in yep. complete control. It's kind of like flipping it on its head. Mm-hmm. And that's good. That's very cathartic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, after camming, like did you, after that first episode, did you, how often were you doing it? Oh, I did every night. Every night. Every single night for um, eight hours minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 hours maximum every single night for six months. Eight hours a day? Yeah. Just live? On live, yeah. Straight Jesus through. Christ. Straight through, no breaks. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what is? What are you doing for eight hours? Whatever I want. <laughs> whatever whatever we all wanted. So like you can just building. get up and like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to go eat yeah. some breakfast. And, well, I'm but not the camera leave. will be The camera will be on? No, no, no. I'm not going to leave. I'll, I'll walk out to go to the bathroom because you can't do that on cam, but I'll walk out. Kind of like a Twitch streamer, but I mm. can get naked. Like mm. it's a Twitch streamer, but with more freedom. Because mm. like 
I, I do Twitch too. And it, and there's so many times where I want to say something or do something and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. But if I'm on like Chatterbait, which is my main cam site, uh, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. Like there's, if I want to do a shot of tequila, if I want to smoke a joint or if I want to like masturbate or if I want to like dance around naked or if I want to make dinner mm-hmm. or watch a fucking movie, like I can do any of it and I can have thousands of people doing it with me. And then if they feel so inclined paying me, Mm -hmm. um, either for the appreciation of me spending my time doing this instead of doing something where I will definitely make money, Mm -hmm. um, or paying me to do things like flash or whatever, which is extra funny when I'm in the middle of trying to do something. Yeah. Like I'll be trying to cook dinner and they're like, quick twerk. (laughs) It's it's (laughs) okay. (laughs) Quick dance to Weird Al's polka song. Do you you ever get weird out by like, people online and shit because obviously there's a lot of weirdos online there are a lot of weirdos online Um, has anything ever creeped you out oh my god yeah i've gotten like a shit ton of death threats like over a hundred for sure Um, death threats death threats and like violence threats and things like that but it doesn't really like religious people like oh you know there's all kinds of reasons there's like religious people people that think like i'm teasing them specifically people who think that i'm rude people who think that I wasn't nice enough to them in my cam room Mm. for one reason or another. Um, People that are just having a bad day and think I'm an easy target. Mm. Like, but it doesn't really ever bother me. I've only reported two of them to the police and nothing's ever come from either of them. I've only had one person show up in person at a place where no one should have known I was there. Mm. Um, But like, all I had to do was talk to him and tell him that wasn't appropriate and he left. So it's the majority of, I think you cultivate your audience and I have always had very clear boundaries with my audience. Like I tell them that I have a boyfriend. I tell them I'm not available to them, even if I don't have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've based my entire everything on being completely honest and open. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that, avoids a lot of the problems that you can have with a fan base not understanding boundaries yeah yeah but still yeah we don't give weirdos don't give a fuck about i'm i'm just saying uh there's it's kind of like mold if if you have a damp uh dank environment you're more likely to get mold if you keep the sunlight in there like you probably won't get mold Mm. you know you might but probably not yeah so I, i like to keep the sunlight coming in what is the most money you ever made in one night camming um did like a did someone like drop oh i'm giving you five thousand dollars actually yeah um this guy marcus tipped me either thirty five hundred or five thousand i don't remember for my birthday one year but that was a long time ago Mm. um and then one year the guys did uh a few thousand total but it was 50 55 guys pitched in Mm -hmm. and it was for a contest and we came in third and that was really fun because uh, we spent the whole night just kind of goofing off. And they they all sent. This is how close knit my my fans are is, and how much of a like a family it is. Is they those fifty five people all pulled their money into one guy's account, so they trusted that guy not to just run off with like yeah. over fifty five thousand tokens. It was like fifty three thousand tokens, I think. Actually, now mm-hmm. that I think about it, um, and a token is a nickel, so fifty three thousand something times point mm-hmm. zero five. If you want to do the math on that. Um, but <laughs> they trusted him enough that they gave him all that money and then he tipped it to me in one big tip because the, the contest was it had to be in a single tip. So I think that 
really shows like the level of camaraderie that we've developed. How does it feel to have that power over men? I don't know that that's necessarily me having power over them. I think they, like, just look at that scenario. I had none of the power. They decided to give me a gift. Like, I, they had all the power and control in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not one of the performers that's like, my fans owe me anything or, or owe me um, money for my performances or anything. So, I think, I think a lot of the time they are in control. Yeah. I just encourage them to be considerate. So you don't have the mindset of, you know, how strippers, right? The strippers like, oh, I don't really care about this guy. No, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm like that. brainwashing him to make him feel like I like him. I have the power. Like I'm going to get a tip and like money him to do all this other shit. So that's not your mindset. No, that shit pisses me off because mm. I've had, I here's an example. I've been selling like uh, worn clothing items for a really long time because I actually, I have a, a kink for it myself. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so many girls who ask me like for help starting that kind of business and I'll get all excited because I want to help them. And then they'll be like, oh, well, I don't really like wear the panties. I just rub some lube in them and it looks like, and I'm just, and I get so. You said warm clothing. Worn clothing, like worn underwear and stuff like that. Oh. So they'll just rub some lube in the crotch of the underwear so that it looks like a. So you're, you're you're talking about when people buy like yeah. your panties with yeah. nut would come on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So they'll fake it so that they don't have to bother, mm. or they'll put like coconut oil or something. Mm-hmm. And I get shaking mad, like my hands start shaking. I'm so mad, and I give I give the worst lectures about <laughs> seriously because girls will talk to me sometimes and not very often anymore and i don't know if maybe i have a reputation now but i don't ever talk to me about you not liking your fans mm-hmm. because that's your your fans are a reflection of you mm-hmm. you know and so if you don't like your fans maybe like examine what you're putting out there but there's no way in the fucking world i would ever manipulate or take advantage of these men because I respect them and I know that they aren't treated very well necessarily by other performers. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I feel more brotherhood with them than I do with other performers a lot of the time. You say you have a kink for it. Why do you have a kink for that? I just do. I just like uh, smelling girls' panties. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, if I hook up, if I hook up with a girl, like I like to take her panties off and smell them. So. When was the first time you ever uh, hooked up with a chick? <sighs> Um, I think I was 23 and my boyfriend at the time, the, sh- the shittiest one, uh, <laughs> I really like when I'm dating somebody to like pop cherries if they have any cherries left mm-hmm. and he had never had a boy, girl, girl threesome. So I asked my friend, uh, um, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. a boy, girl, girl. Yeah. So two girls, one boy. Okay. Yeah. B G G. Mm. So, um, so I asked a girlfriend of mine and I was like, Hey, do you want to have a threesome with me and Max? <laughs> she was like, "Why did you ask her specifically?" Because you, I figured she, you yeah. wanted to fuck her, didn't you? No, I honestly, she was more like friend material to me. But I, I felt like she was safe as far as somebody to have like a threesome with. Like I felt like she was responsible, and I felt like she wouldn't be competitive with me. Mm-hmm. And we were friends, so I trusted her. And um, he thought she was attractive so i i was like okay she's perfect but she was more interested in me than she was interested in him she wasn't reluctant at all she was like why are you asking me this 
No. She just said yes. She was I'll like, do it. yeah. She was like, hell yeah. Oh, no. and, but but then when we did the threesome, like she was way more into me than him, and so I felt really guilty. And then I ended mm-hmm. up taking her in the bathroom, and I was like, hey man, like this is more for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Like we can do stuff, but like let's give him some attention because he's getting sad. And mm-hmm. she was like, I'm sorry, I just really. And I was like, it's cool, but like I told you when we set this all up, this is for his birthday. So like, can so we? she was she not like letting him fuck her. It was not that. It was just more like there's a there's a vibe in threesomes, and you can tell if everybody's into everybody, or you can tell if only two people are into each other, or something yeah. like that. And so I was like looking both of them in the eye and touching both of them and everything, and she was only looking me in the eye and only like like casually touching him and stuff. And I was just like, <laughs> "Bitch, come on!" This I was like, "This is part of the enjoyment for me." So mm-hmm. like, if you want to make me happy, like make help help me make him happy. Mm-hmm. So, but it was kind of a shit show. But that was the first time I was ever with a girl. Did you hook up with her again? After no. That? No. Because <laughs> no. um, I was very like, she had feelings, I think, more than just physical. And I was very much a, I only have feelings with my partner. Yeah. I don't have feelings with anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how I am now too. Okay. Yeah. So you, I mean, obviously you're bisexual, but you prefer men. I do. I think I'm more feminine overall. And mm-hmm. so I think uh, a more masculine partner compliments me, whether that's a very masculine woman or a very masculine man. Yeah. Um, but it's always just happened where I'm, I'm more, it just happens where men, men approach me. Mm. Women don't really approach me. Like if I'm, if I'm out and about, a man will flirt with me before a woman will. I, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, well, so, I, I think that's kind of normal. Yeah, I think so too. I think only I think women only flirt with women in, unless they're in like certain environments, like gay, lesbian clubs, or some shit like that. Yeah, that's possible. Mm. Even then, even in those scenarios, I just don't really. I don't know. I think I come off as very straight, mm. um, which I get. But uh, I, I get all my lady urges out with porn, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So after you, after you. St- we're doing camming how did you transition into like because obviously when people like search you they're going to go Pornhub Mm -hmm. and you have videos after videos so how did you transition from camming to actually doing porn videos like how did you get discovered so after about I did not get discovered after about uh six months of camming every single day exactly six months of camming every single day eight hours a day minimum 14 maximum um I started doing five days a week instead of seven. Mm. And um, I was getting on Twitter and and my fans were asking me to film videos with other people and Mm. introducing me to other performers and stuff. And um, so I started producing content with other people. And so I was working with porn people and I was like getting my own camera and stuff set up and I was uh, getting my videos edited and everything. So I was producing porn like six months in. Mm. So... The only thing that changed in 2019 when I got into mainstream was I hired an agent and uh, Hussy Models. And um, her story is about these agents, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, we can get into that. Um, and uh, he, you know, got me bookings with like more mainstream companies, but like Bang it's, Bros and shit like that. Yeah, um, but it's not. It's not crazy different like really Mm. um the only difference is a lot of the time with content there's less people on set and it's less um less business-like 
because mm-hmm. it's 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 more chill. Like everybody's there to make something good, yeah. so n- nobody's like just there for a paycheck. Everybody actually wants to make a good video because they're getting the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it wasn't that big of a change, honestly. Do it was re- it was just less responsibility. Do you remember the first like big production that you shot? And what company it was for? I'd say some of the first big productions I ever did were for primalfetish.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do superhero stuff and vampire stuff and werewolf stuff. And uh, it's really intricate and, and special effects and uh, stuff like that. So I'd say I'd say my first big stuff was there because I, I still had my blue hair. When I officially started doing mainstream, I dyed my hair black. Mm-hmm. So, Is this your natural color? Uh, it's a little darker than my natural color. So my natural color is more brown. Are you Jewish? No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you have the Jewish look, the pale skin, the black hair? Uh, no, I'm uh, Native American and French. Okay. Yeah, I just don't go outside because it's Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Hawaii recently and people were like, holy shit, you got so dark. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I went outside. <laughs> so when you... um. I mean, obviously, you were doing these big productions, and were were you nervous? Like, because obviously, Cam, and you're in control of everything. Not and then really. when you go to like fucking like, let's say you're filming for Blacked or like yeah. Bang Bros or whatever. I don't know how it is on set because I've never been on set, but sure. I'm ass- I'm assuming there's more people than in your in your your room when you're camming. So, did you feel any type of nerves? No. No, I've never. Really not at been. all. No, people don't make me nervous. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's not great all the time because mm. sometimes I'll just like wander into situations and not realize that maybe I should be nervous. But I, I don't know. I've never really had. I haven't had that many bad experiences with with people. It's usually just things happening. So I, I think I'm just not really scared of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had some, but like it's it's not the norm at all. So I think. I'm generally not not worried. Plus, I I was very confident at that point. I'd I'd had four years under my belt, mm. at least, of like doing my own productions and having a good fan base and making yeah. solid fucking money. And I I bought my house already and all that stuff. Like mm. I I felt like this is a fun thing I want to try. And if I don't do good at it, that's fine. I'll go back to what I've been doing. Mm. And you know I'm gonna just I'm gonna just do my fucking best. And I'm going to enjoy myself. And I did really fucking good. I shot over 135 scenes my first year in mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. It was between 135 and 150. I lost count. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as soon as they started shooting me, they really liked me and it hasn't stopped. Like I could, I could shoot almost every day if I wanted, but I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I feel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. When, when people, when women, get into porn Mm -hmm. i feel like they get into porn because they have a high sex drive they they um climax very easily Hmm. is that true not necessarily there's definitely girls in porn who are like that i am not one of them Mm -hmm. um it'll take me about 15 minutes to come first time like no matter what it's just how it is Mm. um but i mean i did Especially back then, I had a, a really, really high sex drive. And like 
uh, I had a bit of a masturbating addiction when I first started camming and that got rid of my addiction right away because there's yeah. nothing like making the thing you have as an addiction into work to make you not really want to do it as much. Um, um. So that was good for me, actually. It was a really good coping thing. And I, every time I take breaks, I think, oh, I'm good. And then as soon as I take like a few days off, I, I start getting like, like I get uh, grouchy and mm. anxious. And I'm like, oh, I need to come. Like, <laughs> so I had a bit of a, a masturbation addiction that went away with camming. And then I had a bit of a, like I really, I hadn't tried that much sexually. So I wanted to try everything before I got like older and people wouldn't want to do it with me. Mm. And um, uh, so I kind of, I, I kind of burned through trying all my firsts and everything. And now I'm real mellow. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm real vanilla. And I really like waking up in the morning and having morning sex with my boyfriend. And then like, <laughs> just just fucking chilling <laughs> mm. yeah i'm not i'm not that crazy anymore it, it did pull it all out of me but i think at the beginning i think i was a little more when you are doing scenes and in, in like these big productions like what is can you give a rundown on how like the day goes like when you mm. do you have to meet with the other the person that you're performing with and like talk to him be like yo this is what i like this is what I don't like. Don't it, touch me like this. Touch me like that. Yeah. Most sets will make you do that and some sets won't, but it's always good to do it. I always tell girls to do it uh, and guys. But so on a on a basic average set, because every set is different and, and they vary. Like some sets, I'll be there for two hours and I'll be done. Mm. Some sets, I'll be there for 14 hours and I won't be done. We'll have to come back the next day. Mm. Um, so, but on the average set, uh, Girl shows up first around 9 a.m., mm -hmm. uh, gets makeup done, uh, picks out wardrobe, does pretty Is girl photos. Involved? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you have to provide your own wardrobe. Mm. So I usually take a 50-pound suitcase with me, um, at least. And um, so we pick out wardrobe with the director, get dressed, uh, take pretty girl photos, mm. and then the guy shows up usually after or during pretty girl photos. You wave hi to each other. He goes, fills out paperwork. You go fill out paperwork. Usually you chit chat. Um, do you do you know who you're filming with beforehand or is this like a surprise? Yeah. So some people don't care. So some people don't know. Um, I generally don't care. So I'll, I'll wait and see. Uh, but usually it'll be on your call sheet. So a uh, call sheet, you'll get it in your email or on your calendar. And it'll say the date, the time, the address, the phone number for contact info for whoever's your contact on set. Mm -hmm. And then it'll usually say like, this is the type of scene we're doing. Here's a script. If there's a script, here's the wardrobe we would like you to have. If you don't have these things, let us know. Or if you don't have these things, go buy them. Um, this is the color we want your fingernails. <laughs> like it's that specific? Yeah, it's sometimes. Not all the time. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it'll just say, make sure your fingernails are done. Like if you if you have chip nail polish, you're gonna get a, a fee because mm. um, it looks bad on camera. Um, if you're late, you'll get a fee. If you're X amount late, you'll get a kill fee for the day. And, and when you say fee, home. they're just taking uh, yeah. money out of yeah your, your money out of your pay. check. Okay. Unless you get a kill fee for the day, and then you're paying that out of pocket. You don't get paid anything because you're not doing the day. Mm. So like if I'm two hours late to set, uh, which is insane. No one should be two hours late to set. Mm. Um, they would just kill the scene because they, they have to pay a location fee. So they have to, every hour they're there, they're paying money. So if you're two hours late and you're that far behind schedule, 
they're going to have to pay so much money, it's not worth it anymore. So they'd rather just pay that little bit of money and then take that money out of your pocket mm. to cover it than waste the whole day. Mm. So there's there's stuff like that. So so a normal day, show up 9 a.m. or 8 a.m., makeup, uh, hair, uh, talk to the director, wardrobe, go over the script, do paperwork. You have to do an entry and exit video where you're like, hey, I'm I'm this person. This is my legal name. Here's all my information. And yes, I do want to be here. Do yes, you have, do you have to show doing. like um, STD free? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I get tested every 14 days for a blood test and every 14 days for a urine test and then every other day for a COVID test. Mm. Yep. And it's uh, $190 for the full panel every 14 days and then $35 every other day for the COVID test. That you have to pay out of your bucket? Yes. So it's basically no health insurance obviously right no because you're a private contractor i'm not an employee Mm. um i'm not an employee of anybody but myself okay so you know uh but yeah then you do paperwork you do your entry videos um that's when normally you'll start the the dialogue of the scene so then we'll go through all the intro and everything Mm. um maybe they want to shoot it out of order so they want to shoot certain things now certain things later and then when you get to the sex part you uh, go uh, like freshen up <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, some people shower, some people just like wipe down, some people uh, douche, like uh, there's all kinds of stuff that people do right before they start to get like in the in the groove. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you meet <laughs> and you take, you take a second, you talk about like, hey, I don't like these things. Yeah. Uh, don't do these things. And hey, if there's anything that happens during the day that you don't like, just say stop or just like fucking get up. <laughs> like at any point in time, every set tells you like if you're uncomfortable at any time, just tell us. Like we just need you to, your job as a porn performer is to communicate when you're uncomfortable. Yeah, I remember I, I saw a porn video of uh, Mia Khalifa mm. and she literally looked like she was being raped. Like uh. she did not look like she was enjoying it. The, the her face was shown like I don't want to be here. I feel like I was being raped. Now, obviously, that might not be the case. But looking at that video, I was like, "Yo, this girl literally looks like she does not want to be doing this." Um, has there ever been a time where I'm not saying this was your situation, but there has there ever been a time where you met a guy that you're performing with and you're like, "Uh." I'm not attracted to this man, but I have to have sex with him. Well, I don't have to do anything. If I don't want to work with somebody, I don't have to. Like, so if there were ever a time like that, I would just be like, all right, well, I'm going to pay a kill fee. I'm going to leave guys. Bye. Mm. Like, cause I, how often my, does that happen? Never. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> literally it's never happened. Um, I think that's a misconception about porn because what, what happens is if you do care about who you're working with, um, or if you have a no list or anything like that, um, you you can you can just choose not to work with people you don't want to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's never anything that's like, oh well you have to work with these people. Like ever. <laughs> I could I could show up and just be like, ah, I'm not feeling it. And then I, I have to pay a kill fee. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair, but I don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's but I'm 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 assuming that every man that you ever worked with was not attractive to you. Anybody that I've ever worked with, I was able to find something about them that I liked enough to have sex with them. Oh, his shoes look nice. That type of shit. No, no. <laughs> like maybe they're a good father. Mm. Like uh, maybe they make me laugh. 
Maybe they're just a nice person. Mm. Maybe they're a really good performer and I like how they study their script. Mm. Like, but do you think that's harder? Like your scene is not going to be as good as it is if you were like attracted to the man. No, not at all. Mm. I think, I think that's just how I am as a person. I'm not terribly concerned with physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's very few physical appearance things that would pull me out of the moment. And like, I've, I've dated a wide range of people. Like it's, I mean, I'm not going to say that I find everyone physically attractive, but you don't have to find somebody physically attractive to want to like rock their world sexually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I did the the bang bus recently and I did the reverse bang bus. So I picked up three guys mm. and um, they were all non-performers. No, that's the that's thing. I don't want to interrupt you, but is yeah. that bang bus shit really real? Are they were all up, they were all fucking you're picking up actually random people on the street it was fucking amazing they were strangers to me so here's what i think happens because i don't believe that shit here's what i think happens so they have to all be tested but they also all have to wear condoms so, so these niggas are not just random people that you're just picking i have up never i had never seen any of these people before in my life they were complete strangers to me like okay but we would drive down and they'd be like i think there's somebody on this street so they're planted there but i don't fucking know them yeah but you don't know them but the people so they're not really. Uh, well, it wouldn't be safe to just literally pick people yeah. up off. The well, that's street. what I thought. But it was. I think what they do is they drive the van around because I don't know how they find these guys. That's mm-hmm. the thing. So I think that's where the actual bang bus happens. Mm-hmm. So they drive the bus around and they grab people off the street and they're like, "Hey, do you want to do the bang bus?" Mm-hmm. And then they sign up. They go through a like a check to make sure they're not fucking crazy, and they do a <laughs> STD test, yeah. which the company pays for, mm-hmm. and then they they're like, "All right." be on this street at be this time this corner, yeah. yeah and then if they're not there they don't get fucking picked up mm. like so i think they literally just told these guys hey show up on the street mm. around this time because like <laughs> i had never <laughs> met any of these people before okay yeah it was crazy it was the best thing ever i want to do another one. Oh, you liked it oh my god it was great i think i guys, saw you on i think i think i mentioned it on twitter like oh i yeah. need to do this bang bus again yeah so that that was my example because like they're there was definitely there were guys in there that I wasn't physically attracted to, but they were also like nice yeah. and like nervous and mm. shy that I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be great. Like I was like, I was like, I'm gonna make this the best day ever for Does you. Does that turn you on when you like? Yeah, I like shy, sweet guys. Mm. Um, not necessarily <laughs> to date, but to like work with. Oh mm. my god, they're my favorite. Uh, mm. Brand new guys who are like shy and sweet. Arrogance turns me off. Yeah. Arrogance is an absolute no for me. I can't handle it. It mm. pisses me off. <laughs> Why do you think? Because um, I've heard so many stories about uh, women, especially white women, who work with black men hmm. in the porn industry. And I've heard many podcasts when they're interviewing like porn stars and they're like oh i was told not to work with black men until i'm like already <laughs> already established and my my career is going down there because if you if you first get into the game and then you start working with black men so soon it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a bad look on your um i don't know on your fucking i don't know on your shit I don't know about any of that because I had already worked with black men in my own content before I started doing mainstream. But I'm pretty sure you heard this, right? Like, no, because no, no one ever told me any of that. Mm. Because I, I mean, and I don't know if that's because I had already worked with a variety of people, mm-hmm. but uh, my agent never said a, a word about that. But my agent also represents a lot of uh, 
black men and a lot of men from like different racial backgrounds. So mm. I think he's more, um, I don't know. I think he's more chill about all that stuff. Like he doesn't think about all that stuff. Mm. But I'm sure, I'm sure somebody said that to somebody at some point, but I never got that. My agent was the kind of agent where he was like, nobody in this agency better ask me for an IR rate. Nobody. You'll be out of the agency like that. Mm. Like, cause we don't do that. We don't yeah. do different rates for different people. Like mm -hmm. you can do a big dick rate, <laughs> mm. but which can go for anybody. Cause there's some of the biggest dicks that I've, I've fucked in porn have been white guys. Honestly, like if you look at, uh, don't lie to the American. Public. No, no. If, look at Kyle Mason. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but it's like getting fisted or, you know, oof. I always say when like guys brag about the oh my dick is so big like a baby comes out of a girl's vagina yeah your dick is not the size of a, a nine pound baby <laughs> so what the fuck true. are you bragging about I, I don't even like giant dicks <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly it's like I was uh I was working with somebody I was working with Brad Newman the other day and he's got a fucking baby arm and I, I was we were fucking for work and we cut and he's like you good and I was like you know you're not a two day in a row guy. Like you're mm. not, you're just not. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's like, you don't think you'd get used to it? I'm like, no, fucking never. Mm. It's been it's been years. I've never gotten bigger or used to bigger dicks. So obviously, I'm pretty sure you heard this question many a time. So you have sex for a living. You get paid for it. How do you? Like when you get paid to do something, and then how do you differentiate like the sex life with your boyfriend? Oh, it's easy. It's super easy. He's actually here. He just got here to pick me up. Okay. Um, you want to invite him in? Should we get sure. him? Should we get him on the mic? Oh, he probably don't want to come in. But we're gonna go to dinner, and we're gonna go do like an escape room and stuff like that. Okay. We're one of those cute campers. <laughs> here, one sec. Thank you, baby. I'll be right down. Um, it's so easy. <laughs> sex with him is better than sex with anybody else ever. Mm. Like, and uh, that's crazy to me because he's the best sex I've ever had, which is really nice. But it's also that that connection when you're working, like you're opening up. You're not in a comfortable position, and yeah. I don't have that intimate connection with the other person. Mm. It's more like <laughs> it's like um, playing a game of basketball with a buddy mm. is more like the vibe of shooting a scene. Um, when I'm in a relationship, when I'm not in a relationship, maybe I'll try to foster a more of an intimate feeling if the person's single, but like, I respect other people's relationships cause I don't like getting cheated on and fucking <laughs> my boyfriend and I are monogamous other than work. So there's, there's no room in my heart for an intimate relationship with anyone else. So it's, it's extremely easy. It's <laughs> when I go on set, I'm just like, sup man, like let's shoot a fire scene and get the fuck out of here because yeah. I want to go home and cuddle my boyfriend. <laughs> is there any, uh, do you ever get jealous like uh, like if you find out your boyfriend is like working with Riley Reed or something? No, not at all. Because I know that um, we love each other mm. and work is work. Like it's just, it's it's never even really something I think about. Do you watch his scenes? Like his, yeah, his I masturbate to his scenes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Does he watch your scenes? I think he used to. He he used to be a fan before we uh, met and started dating. Mm. So, uh, which he tells everybody, which is the only reason I'm comfortable saying that, because uh, I'm a fan of him. So it's just kind of. Well, I know you had to leave. So. I do. 
can you tell what is one thing that you hate about your industry and one thing that you love? Um, one thing I love, it's, which is easier, is uh, I love uh, how accepting it can be of different people. I think uh, it's a very loving and giving community when it's when you're seeing the good side of it. A lot of uh, people in porn donate a lot of money to charity and give back to their communities, and I really like that. Um, that's very attractive to me. I do the same thing. And um, but something I something I don't like is it can be very catty and competitive and like middle school style interactions. Um, but but that's not the majority of people. That's a small section of people, but they're very loud. So sometimes it can look like the adult industry is very like catty and petty, um, but the majority of them aren't. So uh, I wish I could fix that part. If someone, if a, like a young lady wanted to get into porn. Given advice on how she should go about it? Um, I would say definitely make sure that you're okay with everybody you know knowing. You have to go into it with that mindset that literally everyone in the world will know and that that's fine. Um, once you take about a month to process that, uh, talk to people who are in the industry about your goals and about the possibility of being able to achieve your goals because, um, you know, that's important. I think a good little reality check before you get in is really important. Mm. And then I think ask yourself, are you ready to be your own boss? Do you have enough work experience to manage your own business? And if not, maybe you should do some normal jobs first. Do you think the uh, the best route to get into porn is sign in with a company and do like big productions like Bang Bros and all them other companies or just do your own shit and do OnlyFans. Do your own shit. Do your own shit and build a name for yourself and the companies will come running. Like, build build your own fan base first. Have your own stability mm. and that'll be the last one because okay. I got to get going. All right. Well, Alex, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate you. You are a very fascinating woman and, <laughs> and thank you for enlightening me with your life story. Um, Yeah, so... This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. Thank you. And we are out. You.